All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode as Gas is on the Right. This week, too good to be Truex. Ryan Truex and Martin Truex winning the Xfinity race and the Cup race. 13th pair of brothers to win races in the same weekend at the same track in two different series, I think is what the stat is. Either that or to win races in the NASCAR series as a whole. But yeah. So let's uh let's dive right in. First off, Daniel, congratulations on your great pick once a freaking again. Hey man, I'm pretty good at this besides the dirt race, but I don't think the dirt race counts. Hey, you know what? I picked a dirt race ringer and it was a good move. So like sorry, not sorry. Yeah, you took the easy choice. I mean, that's what you got to do sometimes if you want to at least get on the board. At least I don't have a zero up there. Like, uh, yeah, that would be way more embarrassing. What, what is it, six to one now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, six to one now instead of <laughs> yeah. seven to. Imagine zero. if it was seven nothing. Yeah, that would be that would be rough coming into this weekend. But you know, I'm feeling confident about this weekend with my pick. We'll uh, we can touch on that once we get down to that part of the episode. But let's uh, let's dive straight into Dover and. Another rained-out cup race on a Sunday that raced on Monday again this year. Um, rained all day Sunday. They called the race at like 10 o'clock in the morning, so kudos to NASCAR for not making everybody sit around all day for a race that wasn't going to happen no matter what. So kudos to Yeah, them. I pulled the forecast up Sunday morning at like 7 a.m. Eastern time when my child woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked up there, and I was like, they ain't racing today. I didn't even tune in. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it ain't happening. Yeah, when I woke up at like 9 and started scoring, well, before that, but by the time I actually checked my phone and got out of bed, it was like 9. And they uh, scrolling through, I was like, oh, NASCAR called the race. Cool. <laughs> I guess we are not watching a race today. So, well, and I didn't see that NASCAR had called the race at 10 o'clock because me and my wife, we went to church, and then after church, we went to Taco Mac to eat some wings, and then I look up on the big screen at Taco Mac, and the race is going, and I'm like, oh my god, they actually got it going, and then I'm like pulling it up, and then I look back up at the screen, and it says FS1 delayed, and I was like, ah, they got me. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the old switcheroo on you running the uh, 2022 race with our yeah, I was like, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott's out there killing it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I may have made a bad pick, and then realized that you made a great pick. On Monday, anyways. So, I tell you what, though. Solid race. I really, really enjoyed it. Like, of course, it may have been a little different because I did watch it at work. Um, <laughs> so, sitting there, I had it playing. I called out phone. of work, and I sat at home and watched it. Oh, I, I should have done that. That would have been the way to go. You should have let me know. Yep. We could, I'd, I just came down there to you. So. <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> but, what, yeah, that was actually a really good over race to me the first stage you know was kind of your crazy action-packed stage where everybody that shouldn't have been starting in the front started in the front and everybody that was good was in the back yeah i mean that and all that kind of started from that crazy the metric system and the finish of dega so i mean and it made it entertaining oh yeah you know and i mean that's what but we everything want everything eventually TV. sorted it everything eventually sorted itself out and people were running where they needed to be running yeah. Uh, another person that had a really good run was Corey LaJoy. Yeah. Always going to brag on him when he had a good run. Finished 14th. Yeah, 14th. Yep. So we'll give uh, we'll give some honorable mentions. I think only 10 cars on the lead lap at the end of the race. Um, Josh Berry. 
Yeah, Josh Berry was the last car on the lead lap with a top 10 finish, uh, filling in for Alex Bowman once again. Uh, another Hendrick car, another great ride. He's got ride. the hang of these next-gen cars. Yeah, and I mean, he's good at Dover, too. I mean, his what his first Xfinity Series start there, he won it last year. Or, yeah, last year, and he placed uh, second Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Uh, Nobody was catching Ryan Truex Saturday. He had a... no. He had a rocket ship. Yeah, when you know there's a, they were they were talking on door bumper clear like you know there's clearly a car that dominates the field. That was the car. That mm-hmm. 19 car had it. So well, you could see it. I didn't watch the entire Xfinity race. I watched a good bit of the first stage and by the last 50 laps of the last stage. And I mean, you could just tell in that first stage that I watched. I was like, he is on a mission. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think this weekend was his last week racing this season, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it may not be anymore. Yeah. So you got a monster in your closet now, so may uh may help you get another monster. ride. Yeah. So good uh kudos to him. Great win. Dominant car. Uh and he drove it as as it was. So congrats on that. Let's see here. Looking at finishers, other notable mentions. Uh, Ty Gibbs with another fantastic run. Ran top five, top ten all day. Unfortunately, came home with a 13th place because they were seven laps short on fuel before that final pit stop after with like eight to go or um, whenever Joey Logano's car finally just gave up. He uh he had to save try to save seven laps of fuel throughout the third stage after green flag stops, so and that's uh that's a lot, <laughs> that's a lot, that's a lot of gas to be short. Yeah. Um, and if he would have just waited, he would have caught that caution too. <laughs> yeah, he honestly you know, could have had everybody else. Yeah, he he he'd had a top five day for sure. Um, mm-hmm. with the with the car he had, like I said, I mean a rookie being able to hang out there up there, especially when the good cars cycled to the front, such as the, um, the 19 of true X Chastain, Blaney, Byron, Hamlin and bell. When, when those cars really cycled, and, uh, Brad Keselowski, uh, mm-hmm. when those cars cycled up there. I mean, he was hanging with them the entire time. It wasn't like he was dropping back and dropping back and dropping back. No, I mean, he was, he was within five seconds of the leader, I think is what a probably, around the average whenever I looked, but good, good race. Kudos to him for running up there. Unfortunately, just didn't top the car off and cost him a top five, top 10 finish. I think Dover is a really good example of why stage breaks are good at your intermediate tracks because there's a good chance that there could have been three cars on the lead lap. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe, maybe not even that, so it was uh it was getting wild there for a minute. You had I again I I think if you don't have that last caution, you only have probably seven cars on the lead lap finishing that race. So Yeah. I, well that's I mean, what he had just passed Tyler Reddick, who's in ninth. So there's only eight cars on the lead lap. Reddick got the wave around and I think four cars. Or Reddit got the lucky dog, and I think four cars took the wave around to get back on the lead lap. I think it ended up being 13 cars on the lead lap. And Kevin Harvick was the first car a lap down, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. so I could be wrong. Yeah, unfortunately, NASCAR.com or NASCAR's app does not show 
um, laps splits or anything at the final results or laps down. So don't really have an exact number, but it was a lot of cars that were lap down over half the field, <laughs> over two thirds the field, actually. Yeah. So yeah, that's insane. Let's uh. So we've touched on Martin Truex. Uh, what was it? Fifty four. Uh, race lo- losing streak. Or fifty four races without a win. Fi- his was his was fifty two, and Blaney's is fifty five now. Okay. So I mean that's points paying race, by the way. Uh, that only yeah, counts. Both points of them paying. have won a race since then, just not one that mattered. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean Blaney, yeah, it's debatable. Million dollars is nice. <laughs> that so, is. but um, he breaks that streak. Goes, he punches, really punches his ticket to the playoff, playoffs. If you look at the standings right now, he's sixth in the standings. So. <laughs> And he's uh he's tied second through seventh are, well, yeah, I don't know. He's got five playoff points. I'm, I just confused myself. My apologies, but yeah, he's sixth in the standings for the playoffs right now, um, with a race win under his belt. So that really does, um, help him out in that sense of feeling secure. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's pointed. He's pointed in regardless now. Just with that win and where he's at in the points, I think he's good. Yeah, I mean, he's only 40 points off the uh, driver point standings, off the leader, which is Ross Chastain now. Um, but just uh, that's a good, good, I guess, the morale boost that they needed. I tell you what, though, I don't know if you caught the, uh, the radio chatter. Oh, the in-car audio of them, like, like going the, at each like other right before yeah they get after it yeah they they do not hold back his, his crew chief's got that Aussie fire and then Martin Truex is from New Jersey so yeah he was just like I hear you buddy holds up there. yeah <laughs> and you got yeah they were they were they were going at it there for a minute and um, the crew chief was right that's why he's on yeah. the box <laughs> yeah so Great. I feel like that's when, like, your dad tells you you need to do something, and you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then he was right, and like, like you were right. Yeah, you you know what you're <laughs> talking about. So yeah. <laughs> I hate it when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that 19 team definitely needed it, and we'll uh we'll dive into it in here in a little bit. But I think that that made me mean a little more to Martin Truex Jr. than just a race win at Dover after the streak that he had. But before we dive into that, let's dive into the biggest chatter of the day, which was Ross Chastain running through Brennan Poole and taking out Kyle Larson in the um, in the mix of it. So Ross, this is, what, stage one still? Ross is yeah. top five, and he's racing, he's racing Kyle Larson, position they're lapping Brennan Poole at the time um he's running like upper 20s mid upper to mid 20s and Larson's on the high side Poole's on Larson's inside and you have Chastain come up to Brennan Poole's bumper and just never lift never never lift so bumps him sends him down the track uh he goes straight up the track right into Larson takes Brennan Poole out of the race (laughs) 
Larson ends up in the pits, gets his, he meets minimum speed, so then he goes in the garage. I think he went down like 38 laps or something. So he just gets to go right around on a Monday and make laps, which has got to suck. <laughs> yeah, that's that's got to be boring. <laughs> so, but then Larson, during stage three, one of the final runs before Joey Logano uh, wrecks out. Um, Larson's a lapped car at this point. Chastain, uh, Truex passes Larson. Chastain's coming up about a second behind. And Larson spends about a lap to a lap and a half uh, blocking him. And throwing blocks here and there, just kind of taking the groove away until Larson finally gets a run off the turn and dive bombs the corner to get by him. But we posted it on our social media and our TikTok account to ask people's opinions on it. Um, so I'm going to start real quick with just some opinions that we have from comments on TikTok, which is... Uh, that's racing. I'm a I'm a Ross fan, which is NASCAR Couch Official. Ninrad1985, hard racing. Slide job Sal, good clean payback. Let's see. You see anything that sticks out to you on there? I'm seeing a lot of just saying this racing. I, yeah, I think that's just one of those. I agree. That's just a that's just a racing thing. You wreck a, you run through a car and put them a lot a car that's clearly going to be out of our out of the way if once we get to the corner, but you just send them up the track into me, I'm going to slow you up. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. Um, one other comment that I do want to touch on was by a user named Shazam and saying, I don't want there to be any penalty. However, it is race manipulation. If we're going to go off the president, uh, NASCAR set with the Hamlin penalty. So just kind precedent. of a president, not president, not president, <laughs> man. My words are just getting minced left and right right now. Pit row, pit road, like got to, got to sound them out. You know, I need to steal my daughter's hooked Work on, phonics. on your enunciation. Yeah. Hooked on phonics, man. That's where I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is. I mean, what? I mean, the only difference of the Larson versus Hamlin is Larson didn't make contact with him, I guess, is the only difference. Yeah. I mean, it also wasn't like he was running like... the precedent that they set with Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Because what Denny Hamlin said on his podcast to exaggerate versus what the actual data showed is not what happened. He was just trying to put Ross in a bad situation of either you lift or you go on the wall and Ross Chastain doesn't lift. So he went in the wall. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just NASCAR. That's one of those things where I think NASCAR is going to have to eat crow all year because they shouldn't have done what they did to Denny Hamlin. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, them, them, like you said, them taking that out on Denny giving him the penalty, the 50K fine, 25-point penalty, really set the um, set the stage for how the rest of this year is going to go when they have to address something like this. Because at this point, we know it's going to happen again. Because on the flip side of the coin is if you are the first aggressor, you don't have any retaliation on your end from the governing body of NASCAR. I mean, how many of these accidents has Ross Chastain started that nothing has happened to him? 
I don't have enough fingers to count. <laughs> exactly. And now, while you can say, like, oh, Pocono last year, Denny ran him, ran him hard, ended up take, taking him out of the mix for a lead. Okay, Larson blocks him, takes a uh, takes him two, three seconds off the leader, but then he's right back up there within a few laps with the leader. So what it comes down to Except is Pocono. Also, Pocono, he did wreck. Yeah, Pocono, he did wreck. So, and then what, he loses 15 spots at Phoenix with um, Denny but running Hamlin him high. More. And Hamlin lost even more than that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, is like, and every time he's gotten out of the car, he's been like, oh, well, I deserve that one. Oh, well, I deserve that one. Oh, well, I deserve that one. And, like, the Dover Larson's retaliation, I wouldn't even call it retaliation. I'd call it more of just, like, frustration. Because at the end of the day, you had a yellow flag. You had a yellow uh, pit cycle. They took four tires. And your your first, uh, I know Truex, Blaney, and somebody else took two right sides only. And it didn't work for him. He didn't get the launch that he needed on the bottom side. And he just couldn't get back to the car. So... I mean, at the end of the day, what did he lose? He still came home with a second place finish. Yeah, nothing. But nothing would have been more hilarious as if when Ross got out of the car and they asked him about the Brennan Pool incident, if he would have just Dale Earnhardt did it and said, no, I just meant to rattle his cage. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the only thing about Ross is he seems more timid than that of just like, well, you know, I just made a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, I mean, how you're many times sorry. are you going to say sorry? No. Quit lying. No. <laughs> Quit lying. Dude, own it. If you're going to race like that, own what you're racing like. Own your style. Own what you're doing. Wear it on your sleeve. And man up about it, you know? Like, dude, you've done it and so many times. We know you're not sorry. Like, that's why I respect Joey Logano. He says, you race me like that, that's how you're going to get raced. Oh, yeah, and Joey Logano will admit it. He's like, that's just how I run. It's the same with um, – uh, what did um, Door Bumper Clear said, uh, Brett Griffin said that he is the new intimidator, and I highly doubt that. Now, I get what he's saying. He's the points leader. Nobody's doing anything to him, but he doesn't carry it with him. Like, uh, that's the and that's the only difference is the way like Ross Chastain, they race the same. Don't get me wrong, they race the same, but Ross Chastain just doesn't carry himself like Dale Earnhardt did, and no, doesn't have the respect in the garage that Dale Earnhardt did. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't own it. So he he, the way that he races and the way that he reacts when he's confronted by media or confronted by drivers, is like. That it was all on accident. Everything was on accident. Like, no, dude, we know you're racing hard. Own your craft. It's a great craft. It's working for you. It's doing the trick. Own it. Because I feel like some of these guys are like, well, he said sorry. Yeah, so, my thing is like he he's always given like those Eeyore responses, you know? Dude, all I'm going to say is NASCAR oh, Cup so. Series garage drivers. NASCAR Cup Series drivers. Stop getting gaslighted by Ross Chastain. Yeah, he's not sorry. <laughs> He is not. It's toxic. <laughs> Put a period after every single word that I'm saying right now. <laughs> like, there is no sorry to it. Nothing. Nothing at all. 
and I'll stand by that. And I think that he brings a fantastic storyline to the sport. But I mm-hmm. wish other drivers would decide to join in that storyline and say, I've had enough of this shit, and I'm going to take his ass out. Yep. Like, come on, guys. Stand up. Stand up straight. Drive your car. And if he's going to race you hard, race him harder. Yep. So. But nobody does. No, no. It's all and like. It just doesn't make sense. And that's where, again, I think the pre. Say the word for me. I think the. Precedent was set by NASCAR earlier this year with the Denny Hamlin incident where nobody's going to either. And it's a shame on NASCAR for deciding to penalize somebody that's been penalized enough by the driver that he decided to go against. And you want your drivers to self-police? Well, you just showed that you want to be in control of it all. And it's sad. It's really sad. And that's my thing is they let Denny Hamlin's words speak louder than his actions. Correct. So, because his but, actions were not detrimental, but his words were. Yeah. And speaking, I think, of, uh, Denny, speaking of Denny Hamlin. Mm, yes. If you're a NASCAR fan, go to the Dirty Mo website and go fill out the bracket. The yes. Denny Hamlin's bracket idea that he came out with. Dirty Mo was like, you know what? We're going to take this and run with it. And they brought it to fruition so go fill out your bracket it's march madness style and uh what is the 500 dollars 500 dollars worth of like prizes if you win yeah you get a 500 dollars i think it's a nascar.com gift card and then 500 dollars worth of dirty mo media and dell jr merch so yeah. it's technically a thousand dollar total winning spree it's a march madness bracket so if you lose one of them you lose all of it but it's really cool. I actually went back through and got mine set up. I printed mine out. And it starts out top 32 in points going by seed. So first versus 32nd, so on and so forth. Then it's per race bracket. And it's just a really cool idea. I think Denny Hamlin had a great idea. That brings a whole new side of NASCAR. As well as that takes away from just like petty betting per se. Because I know that... The betting marketplace is big right now, especially online mm-hmm. um, gambling and everything when it comes to betting on um, spreads and all that. So it'd be about the same thing. Yeah, I can honestly say if they would have said it costs $5 to fill your bracket out, I'd have paid. I probably wouldn't have filled one out. <laughs> so I'm cheap. But, but I, I, I figured with as good as I am with my picks, I probably am going to do pretty good. Yeah, what's your biggest Wouldn't upset? You agree, Alan? Uh, yeah, yeah, seven and one. I I hear you, big dog. Bark, bark, bark. <laughs> but who? So uh, who's your who's your biggest upset throughout? I guess we'll go with Kansas since it's next week, and we'll go week to week. I guess my biggest upset would be since Elliot's in twenty ninth. I have Elliot over Truex. Mm-hmm. And then my next biggest upset would be oh, hang on my next biggest upset would be who do i got here oh bubba wallace over chris busher because bubba wallace is 21st and chris busher's 12th so i actually have I, that one as one of my upsets as well mm-hmm. so i will say, I say that's probably the same upsets i think that's probably the same upsets that you have in the first round well my i think my biggest upset um Overall, and my first round is McDowell over Logano. 
Logano has been having a rough few weeks. He has, and McDowell has been quietly consistent, especially when it comes is. to spinning. <laughs> so he's got that car pirouetting beautifully almost weekend and weekend. And I mean, we could be wrong with number one versus number 32. There's a good chance before Noah Gragson spins out and wrecks himself this weekend. Chastain somebody might take Ross Chastain, <laughs> Ross Chastain out before Noah Gragson takes himself out. Yeah. I actually did think about that, making that pick, and then when I put Chastain over it, I was like, nobody's got the balls to do it. <laughs> yeah. At least not by the time I, well, that Noah slaps about, the wall you know, in stage got, two. <laughs> I got my email and my work email. I thought about just using my work email to make another one just to have that just in case, you know? <laughs> yeah, get that get that one upset in there. So, but yeah, we'll, um, we'll be touching on this week to week as we go through um, the next, it's through the next five points paying races. So it's yeah, Kansas, top Darlington. Top 32, then the next 16, then the next 8, then the next 4, then the final 2. Yes, and it does not include North, Wilkes- North Wilkesboro, uh, the all-star race. So it's only points-paying races. So you go Kansas, Darlington, Charlotte, uh, Gateway, and Sonoma. So, which Sonoma was actually a really tough pick for me, but we'll we'll get there when we get there here in a couple weeks on why yeah, it I don't was. Wanna give too much. I don't want to give too much of my picks away. No, no, no. I don't want to just spoil it from the from beginning to end. But yes, definitely check that out. DirtyMoMedia.com. We are not sponsored or affiliated, but if you know somebody or you are, give us a call. More than willing. <laughs> Moving forward, let's get into some silly season stuff. You know, it's been pretty quiet since your first up your your first prediction. And I'll um I'll let you start off with what your first prediction was. And then I'm going to touch on the Martin Truex thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. So I'll let you take over here for a minute, Daniel. My first prediction was Corey LaJoy moving from Spire to Stuart Haas Racing to the number four car. It has now come to light that Josh Berry has a ride in the Cup Series, but it has also recently come to light that Josh Berry signed with Kevin Harvick as his agent. So it looks like... I'm probably wrong, which my wife says happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> and it looks like it's probably going to be Josh Berry to the number four. I hate to disappoint everybody. I thought I had a good silly season that might come to fruition, but Josh Berry ruined it. I think you take away Elliot and Bowman's injury, and I think that your pick is still valid. But yeah, Josh Berry has shown that he can drive a Cup Series car at a competitive – in a competitively that's the word i'm looking for yeah he's he's getting the results out of the cars that the car should be given you know yeah and if he gets the car that kevin harvick's driving gets that team granted he'll have a different chief crew chief on the box with uh rodney childers retiring as well man i can't get my words out today but with that team and with that car and with the results that harvick's put out but uh, Barry is putting out the same results that we would see out of Elliott or Bowman. Mm-hmm. Take out um, Las Vegas. I don't put Las Vegas in that mix because that was a Friday night phone call. So Yeah, that, that one doesn't count. He was ill-prepared for that. Yeah, and I mean, his first start, you can't fault him there. Uh, just some couple of little mistakes put him down early and not too much to fight back to at the um, – man, where were, where were they at? They're at another intermediate. But either way, um, he's getting results. He's getting there. 
Josh Berry, I do agree, will end up in the number four car. Now, I came up with a very, very deep wormhole loop, uh, silly season rumor, that goes hand in hand with that. Which, Barry to the four, and you still have, there's, there's still something on the horizon that we're missing right now. And I really think that uh, Rick Ware Racing is probably going to sell. Or possibly sell a charter at least. And I see Junior Motorsports possibly being a way for coming to the Cup Series and maybe Barry getting a ride in the number seven with Junior Motorsports. Or Aspire sells, getting he won't get the number seven otherwise. But I could see that being something that happens. And if... If he gets two charters, say Junior Motorsports buys an entire team, such as Fire or Richard Ware, uh, Rick Ware, um, I could see them possibly bringing up Barry and maybe like Chandler Smith. Yep. So just uh, some stuff to rattle the cage there a little bit, you know. I always like to throw wrenches in the plans because then that puts Corey LaJoy back in the four car because I'd love to see Corey in a competitive ride. Um I think that he would do well in it. I don't think he's been given the opportunities that he deserves. And he's really showing that this year with the consistency that he, does that he has. deserve an opportunity. Yes. So, here's here's another one. Dale Jr. Mm-hmm. doesn't say Dale Jr. is not getting a charter. And Josh Berry is coming to the Cup Series. There also is the possibility that at the end of the year, Martin Trucks will be like... I don't want to do this anymore. Or, oh, no, no, no. Martin Trucks could say, I don't want to do this anymore. Josh Berry, who's he sponsored by? Bass Pro Shops. Bass Pro Shops. What? Who's number 19 sponsored by? Bass Pro Shops. Bass Pro Shops. Maybe Josh Berry to the 19. The other thing about that. Just because he signed with Kevin Harvick doesn't mean he's getting his ride, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's something that talks about because you got Harrison Burton, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and Ryan Priest are are some notable agents in um, on KHI. So, and I mean, it's not so far fetched that Harrison Burton's really kind of crapped the bed in that twenty one ride. I think he only signed a two year contract. This could be it for him. And be like, Josh Berry could do better than Harrison Burton. I'm gonna be honest. You also got to remember. You got to remember the 11 cars in a contract year. Contract for the Denny Hamlin and contract for FedEx. So yeah, we saw I a just, big sponsor unless, like JGR last year. I just, man, I don't see FedEx leaving Denny. I didn't see M&M's leaving Kyle Busch either. But I just, Denny Hamlin has said he wants to drive for Joe Gibbs as long as he can drive for Joe Gibbs. You know? Yes. Yes. So, but that could also be if FedEx leaves, Denny Hamlin might be like, well, crap. I, if I don't FedEx see leaves, Joe Gibbs letting, letting another one go. So I, I don't either. But at the same time, I mean, profitability wise, it wouldn't be smart to let Denny go because he he brings no, because, a lot. Because there's already that big chance that Martin Truex retires at the end of the year. So more than likely, that's John Hunter Nemechek's ride. Yeah, and then if he loses Hamlin too. Sammy Smith has done good, but I don't think. I mean, you you could put him in there, but 
Oh, they'll go fishing for somebody. Yeah, at that point, I don't know if I'd call him up yet. That's where I would start looking at your Corey LaJoy's, even Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, who else is in a ride that's not good enough for that they're better Michael than the McDowell. ride that they're in? Michael McDowell. I don't. I think Michael McDowell is good where he's at, though. You know, I don't know necessarily yeah. that he turned down that a top tier ride to kind of show that he can get better results when he's in a top tier ride because he is extremely consistent in a mid tier ride, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's uh, the 19th in the playoff standings right now, 14 points off the bubble. Yeah. He's not, he's not far away from being in that playoff. He's one really good race with some stage points away from being there. Which speaking of somebody that's actually doing pretty good, that doesn't even have a technically a full time ride right now, Todd Gilliland only thirty points off the playoff bubble. Mm-hmm. So in that thirty eight car that he's having to share for five races this year. So yep. he's he's getting I... booted. Which I could see Todd honestly going to the twenty one. Yep. So I, but I don't know at the same time. To me that's a lateral move. Yeah, but the 21, I mean, almost expected to win a race every two years or so. Not with who's been driving the car. My Besides Ryan Blaney being in the car, I just think they're hoping for a couple top tens a year. Yeah. Maybe a top five sprinkled in there. True, true. But. But, yeah, notable drivers that would be, would fill it. I mean. I think you hit it on the button there, but who else are they going to go for? You know? Yeah. That's, that's my thing is like Corey LaJoy to me, it either had to be Corey LaJoy or even Ricky Stenhouse, but I think Ricky Stenhouse just likes where he's at, you know? Oh, from his, uh, his but, post Daytona 500 interview, it seems like it. I mean, I'm pretty sure his, him and his pit crew work out like once a week. Or a couple times a week, they work out together. They go out together. I mean, I think that's home. Even though, it, even if he could get a more competitive ride, what's the point if you're happy where you are and very content? You know, because yep. the other side of that coin is like, look at what Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez did in Joe Gibbs equipment, and look at where they are now. Yep, they're. I would minus what Legacy Motor Club's doing this year. I would say they're better off. But Eric Jones last year in the 43 was killing it. This year, not so much. But now it's come to light that Legacy is going to Toyota. So maybe maybe they're just kind of fed up with Chevrolet and not being one of the top three teams for Chevrolet. And they're like, well, Toyota's only got two teams, so it'd be hard not to be a top three team at Toyota. If yeah, if you're the only three. third, yeah, which I mean, yeah. I think that is a very, very smart move, which also answers the question of why they haven't been competitive. Mm-hmm. So they've probably lost some of the Chevy side of funding, some of the R&D side of it, and they're probably mm-hmm. starting to dig into the Toyota side, at least on surface level. And I could see them doing what 2311 is doing. 2311 came in and was what they won one race their first year, won 
two races their second. And last they've year. already won a race this year. And I wouldn't, with the way Tyler Reddick drives on road courses, I would not be surprised if they win more than three or more this year. Yeah, and since probably since the turn right there after Phoenix, they have started to be very consistent and very consistently good and upfront. Like it's kind of one of those things of you're you're just waiting on them to win. It's it's almost like you see a Joe Gibbs car up front, you know that they got a good car and they got a chance to win. It's now if you see a twenty three eleven car up front, it's not a fluke. There's a no, there's a no. chance for a win coming right there. Yep, they are consistently good. Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick have been good. Yeah. Ever since that I, Bubba Wallace was good showing signs that that team's going to be good before Tyler Reddick did. Tyler Reddick, the first couple races, I mean, I said it in one of our earlier episodes, I was not impressed. Yeah. But then, you know, I picked him to win at Coda, and he did, so he's welcome. <laughs> Go ahead and pat yourself on the back for that one. Oh, so, I am. <laughs> but, yeah, so they'll be moving to Toyota. And uh, just a fun fact that Jones and Gregson have both driven for Toyota in previous years in their career. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gregson, when he was with KBM, and Jones, when he was with JGR. Yes. So they have both driven for Toyota before they've been through the program. Um, I don't know how much of a switch it is car-wise. I know the, the arrow is probably going to be a little different, but I see it being a very good thing for Legacy. Now, I tell you what, Boomer fans are going to lose their mind over seeing that 43 Petty on a foreign car. I tell you what, NASCAR ain't the same as it used to be. Yeah, well, my thing's going to be like seeing Jimmy Johnson in a Toyota. It's like, that's (laughs) weird. (laughs) Yeah, so. Like, I don't know how I feel about that one. (laughs) But, yeah, we've been talking a lot about uh, Martin Truex Jr., by the way, and retirement. Now, something, this was Joe Gibbs' statement on Martin Truex's contract status for 2024. And this is what he had to say. I think it's huge, and we're consistently talking to Martin Truex Jr. about next year. We want him to stay with us as long as we can convince him to do that. I think I think the best way of doing that is winning races or having the chance to win a championship. I think that's the best sales job we can do. So, because, I mean. No, I tell you, if Josh Berry is signed with, like, a SHR or something, and Dale Jr. does get a charter, I would not be surprised if he's like, hey, Martin, you want to come help me build my team? And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Martin Truex is Dale Jr.'s guy to come build that team. Yeah, that's I, I, I'm in that same boat as well on that end. And there's, there's a lot of that that also points me to Josh Berry to the 19 car because of his ties with Martin Truex Jr. Dale's ties Correct. with Martin. So that, that creates a perfect kind of relay um, for him. And then that would be good to have him come over and help start that Cup Series team for Dale. Um, having a mm-hmm. veteran come in there and really kind of get that team rolling, which I, I don't think I don't think Junior will have a whole lot of issues with it. I mean, I could see him being on the competitive level of uh, probably track house by the end of the year and then up there with like RCR gunning towards Hendrick after that. So. Well, I'll- I would put Hendrick and Trackhouse in the same boat and then RCR. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do actually agree with that, which is crazy that Trackhouse is only a second-year team. Yeah, they hit the ground running. 
Yeah, I mean, I know that they took Chip Ganassi Racing, basically, and changed it, changed the name, rebranded a little bit, rebuilt. But I mean, you normally expect rebuilding to take a couple of years, not a couple of days. Yep. So you end up both drivers winning a race, and then you're one of your drivers in the championship four. Like, come on. <laughs> but great, um, great to see some some stuff going on after a slow couple of weeks right now. In the silly season side, it's always it's always fun to come up with theories and ideas of what could happen. But let's let's talk about some stuff that is happening and that is real life, and that is RCR losing their appeal on the Martinsville pen- penalty, which was for the. I love that this is actually. By the way, they came out with what the penalty was and the reason they were fined, and this was a Bob Pocker tweet. Uh, the penalty was for the underwing assembly modifications. And the panel said, as submitted, the nuts are not a thread-locking device. They are connected in a part of the turn buckle. The nuts do not lock to the assembly. Therefore, the assembly has been modified. So that was what the penalty was for on the other wing. And you know what? I appreciate the transparency. I love the fact that they did something wrong. The penalty stands, which I think that has to do with NASCAR's rule change as well. It's all or nothing. Yep. So, and the panel Hopefully said we it right can there. See some consistency. Yes. So, consistency would be very nice, especially after quite a few weeks of inconsistency or inconsistency from NASCAR. And um, so, just, uh, just a note there on RCR and their penalty update as they did lose their appeal Tuesday. Um, we'll, we'll slide right from there into point standing, which we've already kind of touched on. Where do you want to start on points right now? Let's talk about old Clyde Elliott climbing through the standings. Climbing through and climbing through in a hurry. So he was down, what, 136 points when he came back? Yep, something like that. He is up to, in the playoff standings, 28th, only 83 points back. Yeah, he's on a he's on a mission. I think what he's yeah. wanna he wanna stage at Talladega. Correct. And then I don't think he scored any stage points this week. No, but he did come home with a top 15. So yep. still good points, uh, good points day. That's what, if he continues continues to score stage points, some stage wins, and we don't get 16 winners, and for whatever reason, I mean, clearly he's a capable driver of winning. He's a champion of the sport. But I don't think it's far-fetched that he could point his way in. Yeah. No, I, I 100% because agree. Because I think maybe like the first 10 cars in the playoff standings are, I think they've kind of separated themselves from like 11th to 28th apparently. Uh, there, uh, there hadn't been that many cars that were, are consistently up front. It's after like the 10 cars that you normally see up front, it's been kind of scattered and irregular, which yeah. is what you want, you know? Yeah. Because that's what you said. Michael McDowell's in nineteenth or twentieth place in points, but he's only fourteen points away from being in the bubble. Yeah, he's fourteen points off the bubble, nineteenth place right now. Yeah. So. So. Like I said, he's one good week away from being in the bubble. Yeah, I mean. So I'm I'm loving that, and the possibility that somebody missed what five races. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Five miss. Yeah, miss five races and could still point your way in. 
Yeah, like that that show first off, that shows just the pure talent of the driver. I mean, let's be honest, he almost won Talladega. He he had he had a car to beat. Um, just kind of got shuffled. But I mean, to come up that much because I mean it's not like nobody else is getting points while he's getting points. Yeah. But he cut he's, he's on the same racetrack with all the other thirty six people who are earning points. Yeah, let's see here. He cut fifty three points off of his uh deficit, which he did get two and, stage points in stage two at Dover this weekend too. But he okay. he cut that many points off in what? Three races. Three races, three weeks. So he's gaining an average of seventeen and a half points a week. And how many is he off right now? Uh he is eighty three points off. Eighty three divided by seventeen and a half. If he continues at the rate he's at by Sonoma. within five races, within five races, he'll be in sixteenth. If yeah. everything keeps playing out. Obviously that's unrealistic. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, but you know what is oh, realistic? Happen. Now, I never say never, but I, oh, yeah. I don't think in five races he would have pointed himself back in. But how many, what, we were 11 races in, so we got, what, there's, there's 10 26. playoff races, 26 regular races. And so he's got 15 weeks to point himself in. Mm-hmm. And he, all he's got to do is gain, what, like five points a week on the bubble. And he could point himself in. Yeah, which I mean, and on the other side of that too, I mean, just looking at the next five weeks, uh, he he's ran good at Darlington, um, Charlotte. He's ran good he's at. He's ran good at Kansas. Kansas. He's ran good at Sonoma's a road course. He won Nashville. That's week six. You got another street course in July. You got Atlanta Motor Speedway again. He's won there. You got Pocono, which he won off a two penalties last year. Um, you got Richmond, which I don't really have his stats on Richmond. But then you got the Indy Road Course. You got Watkins Glen and then Daytona. There is how many races? I just named off like eight or nine races where he could win. Yeah. Oh, and, I mean, he could win any given week. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, he's he's always going to be one to contend to win. But we're just talking about normal stuff. I don't know. Gateway, I don't think, is a good. We didn't. We haven't seen what he can do at Gateway because um, our best friend, Chastain. Ross Chastain. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Took him out. At did you Gateway? see Fox's commercial for Ross Chastain saying thanks, Ross? I did not. They they made a commercial yeah. for that. Yeah, they aired it during the broadcast. That is awesome. I love that. Right at right after he spun Brendan Poole out, they said, "Well, actually, we've got a commercial for this." <laughs> Dang, I wish I wouldn't have missed that. Gotta hate a Monday race, but yeah, yeah. I mean, just just looking at it there. Which that's not to say the there's other guys that are outside the bubble that could win at those courses too. So you think back to um, was it it was Sonoma last year where Michael McDowell almost won. He placed third. You have, I mean, outside the bubble you got Ty Gibbs. I think he's due this year. I think I said at the beginning of the year I don't see him winning a race. I think he's going to win a race this year uh, with his consistency. You got um. Chase Elliott, of course. I could see Ryan Priest winning a race this year. A.J. Allmendinger, plenty of road courses. So Eric Amarola, you got New Hampshire coming up. That's <laughs> I know that's just one track, but you got to give it to him. And then inside the bubble. Yeah, well, I mean, even even I wouldn't count Eric Amarola out at Daytona in the 
in July. He's found victory lane there before. Or Atlanta. I mean, he was leading at Atlanta. So, I mean, he, he knows how to run. He knows his way around a super speedway. So there's a there's a lot of names that can win between now and then, but I I I mean I wouldn't put it past Chase to win one of these next five points paying races. Oh, there's 15 races left, and what we got eight winners. Eight winners, fifth and eleven and races. Spots, so there's eight spots left. Sixteen's possible again, buddy. Sixteen is very possible again. Very very much so. So, because, I mean, you also got to think Alex Bowman will be back, hopefully by Darlington. But mm-hmm. at the latest, probably uh, North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race or Charlotte. We're going to shoot for Darlington, but we'll see. Um, so, we've got to keep that in mind that he's going to be coming back and he's poised to most likely win a race. So, there's a lot of movement still to happen. And, I mean, you take that average is 1.35 winners per race. So, or per 11, well, I did that math wrong. Either way, eight winners, 11 races. Yo, 11 more races, eight more winners. So you're at 16. And you still got three races. Yeah. So, there, there's going to be that thing where one win isn't going to be enough. So, yeah, that, for that somebody. is a possibility. And, and I love that. Yes. I love that. So, because it doesn't matter anymore if you bring a fast car to Talladega or Daytona or Atlanta. It matters how you run at Kansas and at Richmond and Martinsville and at Las Vegas. So, it it brings back the spirit of what you saw with the Winston Cup era and how the points paid out there. Of You have to be consistent and consistently lead or be up front to get into the playoffs. So, kudos to the next-gen car for that. But moving forward, let's look at our uh, our picks for where we raced last week. Oh, Dover. Dover. <laughs> okay, so our picks for Dover. I had Chase Elliott. Daniel, go ahead. I had that. Gosh, what's his name? Uh Oh, yeah, that's that guy that won the race, Martin Truex. Man, I've never even heard of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, Martin Truex Jr., my bad. Yeah, Martin Truex Jr., congratulations, sir. You are, yet again, a winner. You're a wiener up to, <laughs> what's what's it now? I was just a crisp 6-1. and one. A crisp 6-1. and one. You know... You know, you had us in the first half, not going to lie, but I'm coming back. So, (laughs) (laughs) I thought I honestly had a really safe pick this week. And I kind of did. I mean, 11th place, you know, thought it was good. Chase Elliott, last year's winner. And, well, I mean, you picked, uh, I think this is his third win at Dover now. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't a long shot. (laughs) Not a a super long shot. More like a a little chip in where I thought that I had to give me. (laughs) <laughs> but let's move on to Kansas and my pick for Kansas. I am going with a three peat of the 45 car with Tyler Reddick winning at Kansas. What? I'm taking another gimme. I see. 
Well, I gotta, I gotta uh, try to get my wins back where I can. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm down by five. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take the winner of the most recent Kansas race, old Daryl Wallace Jr. Bubba Wallace. Well, hopefully he doesn't. Well, actually, for me, hopefully he does end up like he did at uh, Talladega. But twenty three eleven is our picks for this week. Twenty three eleven. One of the two of them. This might be if one not, of those weeks where our, pick, our picks finish one two. Yeah, we thought that was going to happen with um, what? Where 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 do we have our picks back to back? At uh, one there's point. a couple times that our picks were like running like neck and neck, and I was like, dang. <laughs> yeah, this is this is our bracket racing, except we just do it week to week. So, yeah. But right now, Dane is poised get, to win the prize. What do I get when I win at the end of the year? What's the prize? That's something we're gonna have to come up with, and I think we're gonna put that out with our social medias. And uh, I think we'll come back next week actually, and have like three things lined up, and let social media pick what it's gonna be. What do you That's think about dangerous. that? What do you think about <laughs> Well, if we give them like a set parameter, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or should yeah. I say we parameter to keep with my horrible English today? We give them yeah. a set parameter and they can um they can pick out of those. So, hopefully we won't have to filter through comments like we did earlier. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to go Tyler Reddick and Bubba Wallace 23-11 to take Kansas. Any uh, final thoughts? Uh, if you ain't first, you're last. And right now, I'm last. Thank you for listening to Gas is on the Right podcast with Daniel and Allen. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias on Twitter at gas underscore right, Instagram and TikTok at gas is on the right podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. And remember, The gas is on the right.